Well, hey there, podcast listener. How are you today? Like, really? Because if I could be honest, you're looking a little stressed out. And that's okay, because I've got your back. Because if you are feeling stressed out with life and work, left to feel unfulfilled, stuck, and ready for a new chapter to begin, well, I'm inviting you to change that. Because I want you to sit down with me and let's figure out a plan together, your life's roadmap, taking you from where you are right now and getting you to where you want to be. All you have to do is head on over to workwithkevin.coach. That is workwithkevin.coach to sign up. Until then, enjoy today's episode. I hope we can all learn without going through bad things, you know. But I think the experience of one person can help others. And I think we have so much to be grateful for just the senses, you know. You know better than anybody that, you know, just the senses is such a big thing to be grateful for. So I am very grateful for what I have. So many people think that my story is inspiring how I became blind at just 17 years of age. They always want to know how I've done it and how I've kept smiling all along the way. Well, I've just chosen to focus my attention on seeing the positive side to life. And here on the podcast, that's what I wanna do for you because no matter what you may be going through in life, I hope to inspire you to focus on the positive and You know what? I hope that I can also be a source of inspiration for you to just Just keep keep on smiling. If there's anything certain in this life, it's that each one of us are going to face challenges. And I believe these challenges are what shape us into better, stronger, more resilient human beings. Thankfully, none of us are measured by the challenges we endure but rather by the way in which we react to those challenges. I like to say we each have the chance to either sit it out or dance. And for Christina Pujol, she chose to dance. Hey, my name is Kevin Lowe, the host of The Lowdown with Kevin Lowe, and you are listening to episode 52. In today's episode, I find myself lost in conversation with Christina Pujol coming to us all the way from the south of Spain. As I talked with Christina, I realized she's a woman rich in wisdom and enlightening in spirit. Christina has been gifted with the opportunity to do and try many things in her life, but she has also had to endure the challenges that life tends to present. What's beautiful about Christina is that even When life presented the most difficult of challenges, she never stopped dancing. So what do you say? Should we go ahead and dance with Christina Pujol? I used to dance as a child. Like where I grew up in Spain, we have some folkloric dances, let's put it that way, some, you know, regional dances. So we have dancing you know in our school and that type of thing so there was always some type of dancing and as a kid I was my parents signed me up for uh, ballet so I did a few years of ballet here in the conservatory in Malaga and so I had some dancing then I switched to playing piano I was a very curious 
kid, you know, whatever I could learn, I wanted to learn. I wanted to learn guitar. I played the guitar. I played the piano. But when I moved to study my engineering career, then I had to quit it all. And by the third year in my career, I was overwhelmed with studying and I thought I need something outside of, of my university and my studying and my engineering. And so I looked at playing piano. And since I was studying computer science, I thought going from one keyboard to another keyboard <laughs> is not such a great idea. So I'm like, maybe something with motion would be a little bit more clever, you know, thing to do. And so between sports and dancing, I will always choose dancing. So I signed up for some classes, you know, in like kind of ballroom, but really informal type of ballroom for university kids, you know. And, and I had a blast. So then I signed up for a little bit more serious ballroom competition thing, but it was too strict for me. I loved like cha-cha-cha and more Latino things and I love more the freedom. So that's when I started kind of getting a little bit hooked into the Latino dancing, but there wasn't that much, you know, Spain might be a Latino country in Europe, but no, we don't have, or well, now we do, but we didn't used to have salsa and all those things. So, so when I, I moved to the U.S. for other reasons and, and there I said, okay, if I move to the U.S., any Latino person that I know that knows how to dance, I'm going to just get, you know, stuck to them and have them, you know, teach me anything, whatever. <laughs> But I happened to meet a woman, a wonderful woman from Guatemala. And uh, and I don't know how she started asking me, you know, how, where are you from in the South and blah, blah, blah. And she knew a little bit about the dances that we do here. And one of them is Sevillanas. And uh, and I talked to her and, and she, I don't know, there's a blank in my life, but somehow she convinced me to start teaching that. And I, at the time I was an engineer, so my identity was completely of engineering. So I was not a dancer, you know, it, it never crossed my mind to teach dancing. And so I don't know how, but I rented a space and I started teaching while working as an engineer. So I enjoy it so much that I, every time I got more and more involved, you know, I started teaching kids and I made an, uh, you know, a performance group for adults, a performance group for kids. And, and at the same time, learning more Latino dancing with this other group and performing with them while doing my engineering. And so that's when I, my world started to cross the engineering and the dancing because I started teaching, you know, and this was all in, in Colorado in the U.S. So that's how I started teaching dancing and getting more into dancing until finally I decided, okay, let me, let me jump into this thing and, and kind of quit. Uh, well, the story is not exactly like that, but that's how I jump into <laughs> dancing. <laughs> Oh my goodness, so, you're yeah. too fun. I'm like, Christina just kind of does everything. <laughs> and- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my goodness. So now, no, I am curious, as far as an engineer, what type of engineer were you? I was a software engineer. I was, okay. yeah, awesome. yeah, I, awesome. I work, I studied in Barcelona, in the Universidad Politecnica de Barcelona, in the Catalunya, which is the Polytechnic University of Catalunya in Spain. And I actually stayed there. I taught at the university and I did some um, research there. So I stayed for three years and then I moved to the U.S. And so there I decided I was offered to do a Ph.D., but I really wanted to get out of the bubble of the university. So I went on to uh, an amazing company, Qualcomm, in the U.S. and, And I was really lucky to land that company 
because the people were amazing and the, the work they were doing was fun. And so I was there for another three years. And then I moved to Boston and continued with my engineering for a little while. And then I eventually I decided, okay, let me try this dancing only. <laughs> and I went back and forth because then I went back to engineering and I worked a little bit at MIT at a project in, in, in Massachusetts. So I had a, you know, a few years of very amazing experience in engineering. And then I decided to just stay with dancing. So yeah, the life is too short. There's too many things to try. <laughs> Absolutely. No. And, and, and I can't help but think about your story about a conversation that I had with, with a previous guest on the podcast. And we, we were talking a lot about like the whole thing of like people having a side hustle. You know, they, mm -hmm. they got they got their main job and then they got this other, you know, passion project that you know, is their side hustle. And, and I remember when I was talking with him, I finally, you know, through what he was saying, I finally was like, I'm like, so basically most of the time people's side hustle is probably what they should truly be doing with their life because it's actually something that they really enjoy and have this amazing passion for. And I almost look at that with you is even though engineering was amazing and stuff, you had this deep underlying passion for dance and, and teaching it. And so I, I, I kind of feel like that maybe that's kind of like a situation for yourself. I think, well, for me is that I, I love too many things, yes. I think. <laughs> But it's a progression. I, and I think the side hustle, it, it will be different for everybody. There is a, a book that I really love, Finding Your Elements. I don't know if you heard about this, this book where Sir Kevin, oh God, I forgot his last name. I'm going to die. <laughs> but he talks about finding your essence, your that thing that you're really good at, that thing that is your passion. And sometimes... It doesn't have to be your profession. You know, I think not every time you can make a passion a profession for various reasons. One, it may be not financially feasible thing at the situation that you're at the moment, maybe because you have responsibilities, but sometimes because it's hard to make a living out of it and then you're going to hate it. So sometimes having a side hustle, a passion or a hobby even that you don't earn anything but that you love and that inspires you is good enough. It's it's amazingly enough, you know, and it doesn't have to always be your profession because sometimes it might not be the best option. So I think it, it varies and depends on the situation of everybody. If you are 20, Maybe you have more options of trying crazy things out. If you are 40 and you have five kids, maybe it has to be your side hustle, but you can make it such an amazing side hustle that it, it sparks all over the rest of your life, you know? So that's, that's my two words on that. <laughs> well, all I'm sitting here thinking is, my goodness, Christina has some wisdom inside of her because I think the way that you just talked about that whole subject of side hustle, I have never heard somebody talk about it in the way that you just did. And I absolutely loved it mm -hmm. because everything that you were just talking about with it of, of you know, it, it, just because it, it you don't have to make money at it. It doesn't you can just have something that you enjoy 
you know, and, and, and that brings you joy. And yet you still have your, your career that, you know, that, that you're, you're doing that brings in money and, you know, whatnot. And I don't know. I just think I thought the whole way that you just summed that whole thing up is a way that I've not heard it talked about before, but all I kept sitting there thinking was, my goodness, this woman is good. Because <laughs> That was awesome. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, so now at some point though, in, in your journey, I know you ended up in, and it seems huge to me with dance being so big for you, is at some point you ended up experiencing hearing loss in one of your ears, correct? Yes. Yes. My left ear. Yeah. Yeah. What happened? I was at the time still working as an engineer and teaching dancing. And one afternoon, it was a Friday I went home and and we had actually in the kitchen <laughs> a training equipment, you know, so I started training, doing some, you know, push-ups and things like that. And suddenly I start feeling sick and dizzy and with weird noises in my head and I didn't feel well. But that day we had to perform at the uh, consulate of Switzerland in, in, in Boston. And then we also had to teach that night at an event that we were every Friday. That was a Friday. And then I had to, you know, the night we teach one hour and then we stay until like one or 2 a.m. dancing. And I wasn't feeling well. I was dizzy and, and I couldn't hear well. So I told my partner, you know, if, if I don't follow the music, you have to really hold me tight because I'm not feeling well at all. And when we got to this consulate, I remember that the noise was baffled, like everything was really hard. And of course I had a huge headache. And so we did the performance and then we went to this, uh, uh, this event that we had to teach. We taught for an hour and then I thought I cannot do anything. You know, I have to go to the emergency room. So I told him, you know, I'm going to the emergency room. This is too much. So we went there. They diagnosed like by 4 a.m. <laughs> it took a long time. Actually, an ear infection. But they told me go to a specialist because you have to see a specialist. So Monday I call, of course, you know, during the weekend, nobody attends anything. So on Monday I call and I call one one uh, specialist and he told me, you know, you got to come right away. So they didn't have appointments until like Thursday or so. So by the time I got there, the doctor was kind of really cold. You know, I sat on the chair and I, you know, he did this inspection on one ear and then on the other ear. And then really without saying any other word, he said, you don't have an ear infection. And so I was like, oh, great. You know, what do I have? He says, you lost your ear, you know, your hearing completely. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you know? And so I was like, wait, 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 wait. Uh, and, and because I don't, you know, English is not my first language. I just said to him, like, uh, excuse me for a second, but maybe I didn't understand well. Did you just say that I will never hear again on my left ear? And he's like, yep. And I was in shock. Like, really? Like, no, 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 no. You know, you want to rewind your life and, and, and go back. Like, that cannot happen. And so I, I then I asked him, you know, because then right away, the, the next thought is like, what's going to happen to my other ear? Because if they don't know what's happening to this ear, how are they going to know what's happening to the other ear? So I asked him, so what's going to happen to the right ear? And he's like, oh, don't worry. 
because nothing is going to happen. And I'm thinking, what? How do you know? You don't know what happened to my left ear. How do you, you know, <laughs> how can you know what's going to happen to my right ear? Because they just told me it's a virus. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Virus is when you don't know what's happening, you know? Yes. So I, you know, I, I, after he told me that, and, and that's basically all he said, he was quite, you know, uh, short words. <laughs> and he, he took me to this earring test where they put you inside a machine, you know, inside, not a machine, like, um, like a room that has no noise or anything. And then they start beeping all these noises. And I wanted to pass that test so badly. Like I was listening to every little fly, nothing, you know, everything that I could hear. And I failed miserably that test. And so I basically had like hundred percent loss. All I could hear was a jet engine and that was it. And on top of that, I got tinnitus. So that was the noise that I was hearing all the time. And so my brain had to adjust to that, to the fact that it was not hearing anything and was hearing noise now all the time. And so at the beginning, it was, it was, it was hard. It was scary. It was, you know, I, I was, I was crying many days and I couldn't sleep. And, and then when I heard that some people, you know, commit suicide because of the tinnitus, because it's unbearable, then I really make a commitment. Okay. I need to control these. I need to, I need to figure out how to live with these, you know, how to, of course, how to heal it, you know? And so I went and of course they gave me this medication that I had a huge reaction and I tried all these Chinese acupuncture, like everything that I could get a hold of. But also I, I had to keep living. I had to keep teaching I had to keep working. So I had to figure out how to be in meetings, how to, you know, how to cross the street, how to all do all these things. And and I think fortunately I had where I was working as an engineer. I remember there was this office uh, space where there was a lot of offices. So they had to go up and down six elevators. So I remember standing in front of the elevators and closing my eyes because when one elevator came, it would make a sound like a bing, you know. So I will try to guess where was that coming from so that I could train myself and I will also practice. I was I, I will just make in my mind that if my left ear would kept hearing noises, it will come back. And so I trained myself to do that and and to be able to function. And it took me a while to function in a way because then you also discover that your brain is making up many sentences. So I had these, if I talk too much, let me know because sometimes I start telling stories. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated with this entire story. No, keep going. Yes. So one time with my boyfriend, we were going with some friends and we were taking a boat, a ferry from, uh, I don't remember which town, uh, to Martha's Vineyard down in, in Massachusetts. And I remember him clearly saying to me, take these tickets. These are the, like the, the going tickets and I will keep the return tickets. So you will give the tickets. And, you know, he didn't say it with these words, it was much shorter, but basically he said, you got the, you know, the going tickets and I got the return tickets. So when we 
went into the ferry. I just gave the ticket. And so on the way back, he asked me, so you have return tickets? I'm like, no, you have them. And he's like, no, no, I gave them to you. And so we got into this discussion where I was telling him, no, 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 no. You said, you know, that you had the return tickets. And he's like, no, no, no. And so we start almost like fighting. And he's like, if you don't hear something, tell me, you know, just tell me and I will repeat it. And I got so confused because I was 100% sure I have heard what I have heard. And so then I start thinking, now I understand old people, you know, when they say, <laughs> I heard this. And you're like, no, grandpa, that was not what I said, you know. And I'm like, now I know how they feel. <laughs> and my brain is making up everything. When you don't hear something, you know, your brain kind of make, fills in the blanks. And if it is your language, you know, it's it's much easier. If it's a different language, your brain, because it doesn't know the language, it cannot fill in the blanks so you don't understand. But when it is your language, the brain literally is filling in the blanks. But when you don't hear, it kind of makes up the whole sentence. <laughs> oh, that's what I found out. So then I was like, okay, so how am I going to function? Because I cannot ask everybody to repeat everything back to me, you know, like pilots do. They get a <laughs> command and they repeat back. I'm like, I cannot be a pilot all the time. It will drive everybody crazy, you know? So then I thought, okay, I'm going to make this, this decision today, that day, which is for the very crucial things, I am going to repeat it back. For everything else, I'm sorry. I know I'm going to sound stupid. And I know sometimes when I'm, I'm not, like when somebody asked me a question and I didn't hear it right and I answer something else, I can see it in their face. Like, <laughs> oh, that was not the answer they expected. <laughs> but that's it. And if I sound stupid, if I sound like I make no sense, well, that's okay because that was not life and death, you know, so... I assume a certain amount of, of stupidity <laughs> because I don't hear everything and that's okay. And also when I am in a, in a meeting or in a table or with someone on my left side, I tell them, I tell them like, if you talk to me and I don't pay attention to you, I'm not ignoring you. I just cannot hear. So please just tap on my shoulder. So I try to make the environment be good to me, you know, instead of assuming that people are going to know or, and I don't usually say I'm deaf because I don't need that. I don't, I don't take that as part of my identity. It's just something that, you know, my ear is trying to heal and it still hasn't healed. <laughs> and I I've learned to live with it so that it's not dangerous to me. So when I cross the street, I don't care about the direction. I have to look both sides, you know, that type of thing. So, so I'm careful, you know, when I drive, I'm careful when I walk because I know I won't hear a bicycle coming, for example. So it's just trying to make common sense of the things so that I can function hundred percent normal, whatever that is <laughs> anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. And, and, and that's, that's such a, this crazy story of, of, in the first place of, of just like how it happens, because I think, I think all of us, we, we want to know like why and how, and I know, I know why, you know, why I know. Yeah. Because that day I didn't listen to me. That's, that's why it happened. Literally, if people believe that emotions are so strong, 
That day, I went to my boss to tell him that I wanted to quit, to start, to just do dancing. But he's such an amazing person. I love this guy. And I really enjoy working with him. He convinced me to stay because I was really resigning that day. And I went back home with my job still (laughs) under me. So I had not listened to me. And so I think it was the result of not listening to myself. Wow. That's pretty powerful. Yeah. That's pretty powerful. But I think, though... When I when I listen to to your story though, and I can't help but think how amazing you you rather quickly adapted to this new new world that you were thrown into. As far as even even the thing like with when you talked about the elevators and and really just understanding and totally like grasping where you were at, what's going on, and how can I overcome this. Yeah, yeah, because I I wanted to function. I wanted to, you know, for the second where I thought of my world without hearing anything, it was scary. So I thought I have to make the best use of the one that I have. And actually, the funny thing is I can hear, according to the test, about 120 on my right ear. So that's how much I I sharpened that ear (laughs) to hear better. So it was such a desire to not let that stop me that I think that that just drives me. And and I think that's probably influenced a lot by my mother because she has that mentality. You know, there is a problem. Okay, what's the solution? What can we do about this? I had a handicapped sister who was born with spina bifida at a time where people didn't really know what that was and, and at a time where child children like that were told from day one they're going to die. So I think my mother had to figure out ways to solve that. And, and I think that got instilled into us, you know, okay, there's a problem, let's figure out a solution. And it's not immediate, like it's not you know, okay, so I love my hearing, boom, let's, let's move on. No, you, you know, I had the days of crying, of getting desperate at 2 a.m., not being able to sleep and having all this noise in my head. And I know when I'm tired because the noise gets louder because my brain doesn't know how to cope with it. So, you know, there is a process, you know, there is not a switch where you go from, I got it. <laughs> it's a process, you know, but as long as you move forward and you you feel like you're moving forward, that you're trying to find a solution. And if you cannot do it on your own to try to find help, you know, I think that that's because other people have probably gone through this or other people have solutions or at least ideas on where to go. I think that's important because otherwise you can sink in a really big hole and then it's harder to get out of there. Absolutely. 100%. And do you do you feel as though like as time went by that the loss of of the hearing in your one ear almost gave you a greater appreciation for the hearing that you do have and like and even just all of your senses to 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 realize that all of a sudden just one day it could be gone? Yeah. Like did that has that been something for you? Yeah. I think it didn't start with my hearing. I think my family has gone through a few things. So I think I learned that, you know, younger, but then as you 
go through more things, your hindsight window and the realization that okay, let's 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 move on, it gets shorter and shorter. So I had to experience like the death of my sister when I was 13. That took me a long time to, you know, to get out of the victimhood. But, you know, once you start going through a few of these things, then I think your, let's put it, not recovery time, but reaction time is quicker. And not that I desire these for anybody. You know, I hope we can all learn <laughs> without going through bad things, you know. But I think the experience of one person can help others. And I think we have so much to be grateful for, just the senses, you know. You know better than anybody that, you know, just the senses is such a big thing to be grateful for. So I am very grateful for what I have. Oh, abs- absolutely. Absolutely. And 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 I'm sitting here and, and it's so hard, you know, when when I listen to your story and, and you talk about the hearing loss is I can't help but but sit there and think how so many people they they can't comprehend what it's like to be blind like me to to not be able to see anything and, and you know and it's something that you know like it's it's hard for me to even describe to people and and you know a lot of people will do you see black do you see you know this that and and one day though rather recent, I heard somebody talking and who also is blind and they, they said that they finally decided when somebody asked like, what do they see? They say nothing. And I thought to myself, that is for myself. That is exactly it. It's, I see nothing. Now, whatever nothing may look like, you know, your, your, your mind figures that out, but so, so what I'm what, what what my point was is that it's for myself because I have no sight, and all of my my world is reliant upon my hearing. It's very difficult for me to even think about, you know, what you have gone through it is to think of, you know, everything out of my left ear, you know, is nothing. You know, it, it's, a, I don't know, it just, it kind of goes back to kind of, you know, like what I was saying is, yeah, I feel as though you do, you gain this greater appreciation for, for the things that we do have. And, you know, and, and you become so, you just cherish those. And, and, you know, I feel like it, it does, it kind of gives you this, I don't know, almost like greater appreciation for, for life in general. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 Now. So I'm curious, how has the loss of hearing affected dance and teaching dance? Has that has that made a big impact? No, actually, I can say no because I didn't. It didn't affect my balance, and music is loud enough usually that I can hear it well. <laughs> so yes. it has not affected. We've had a few like experiences, for example. Well, I can say that at the beginning, my students, some of them got really pissed because they will call me and I would not pay attention to them. So by the time they got my attention, like they will tap me on the shoulder, they will be pissed. So I will turn around and I will hear, Christina, you know, and I'm like, okay, that's probably the fifth time they've been calling me. (laughs) So I will get 
pissed off people at me in the classes, you know, and, yes. you know, and then I'm like, oh, they are not listening to me. But I didn't want to tell every time, you know, when I started a course, hey, people, listen to me. I cannot hear you. Da, 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 da. No, you know, because I wanted to develop my, you know, my sensitivity of hearing and, and catching when someone is talking to me. So that would not happen if I told everybody. So I never told anyone unless it was necessary. So if I walk with someone on the street, I try to have them on my right side. So of course I will switch, you know, to the other side and, 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 you know, it will be kind of a funny thing because they will switch back and I'm like, okay, stay on this side because I'm there for my, you know, so then I will tell them. So I only tell them in certain circumstances. So in the dance classes, I will get some people a little bit pissed once in a while, and, <laughs> but you know that was fine because we were also two instructors. So if if someone, you know, and my partner was always telling me when people say goodbye because sometimes I will not hear them. So it's like, <laughs> yes. hey, they're saying goodbye to you. Hey, goodbye. You know, I'm like, yes. and and that happened all the time. So when I'm with someone, you know, that knows that they will tell me, hey, they're speaking to you. So I will. Probably for some people, uh, I'm probably very, I wouldn't say cold, but, you know, sometimes maybe I'm, I'm very arrogant or something for not answering back. But that's okay because that's just, that's just their thoughts. You know, that's not who I am. So if, if people know, they, they will understand. And then sometimes I get students like, hey, I've been calling you for a while. Are you deaf? And then I tell them, you know. Yes. And they're like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, I'm like, and I have a laugh, you know, yes. because, yeah, I got you. I got you. <laughs> yes, of course. Of course. And then oh one time we were performing and there's one move. So most of the dips and things that we do, it's all improvised. We can do most of them improvised. There is a few that we need to know we're going to do them. And one of them you know, my, my partner and husband, he swings me around his hand and then drops me almost like he was going to draw me on the floor by my head. Then he lets me go for a second. So I need to hold myself. And then he switched to the foot and then he kind of, is, it looks like he's kicking me up. It looks like I'm falling on his foot and then he kicks me up. But I need to know the second part is coming because we, sometimes we only do the first one. And for the first one, I don't need to know. He can do it. And, and it's fine because I, you know, once he gets into it, I react and, and he is the one bringing me up. But on the second one, I need to know because if I don't hold myself, I fall on the floor. And the first time we did that, of course, he whispered in my left ear, <laughs> the move was coming. And we were both not used to this thing of my left ear not functioning. So I didn't hear it. So I let myself go and, bah, you know, I was going to fall on the floor. So he twisted himself to try to stop me from falling. So he twisted his ankle. I kicked my head, you know, so we're like, okay, we got to figure out another way to do this. So then we changed the, the protocol and the protocol is he will tell me. And if I did not tell him back, I got yes. it, you know, he yes. will not do it. So we had to kind of change our pilot protocol because that, that didn't work. <laughs> so, so we had to adjust, you know, in a few things like that. But, you know, once we adjusted, then, then it worked out. So... 
That was, is so know. awesome. Oh my goodness. That is just hysterical. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and you know what though? I think that's what's so awesome is, is when you can come to a point, you know, because, because when, when anything happens, a, a loss of any kind, you know, and especially, you know, talking about like, you know, what we are today of, of your hearing or my eyesight and stuff, you know, for a long time, it's this devastating thing. But when you can come to a point though, when, when in certain situations, you're able to just laugh at the situation. Yeah. yeah. It, it It's so good and such relief, you know, and, and to find, to just, you know, to find humor. Yeah, I, I know for, for myself, sure. humor, um, you know, it, it makes a lot of things easier. So I'm curious. So what is life like for you today? Because I know, I know that you, 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 you have your coaching business. I know you have a podcast. So are you still teaching dancing today also? Yes, yes. Well, yeah, with the pandemic, not really too much, but oh. in, uh, in yes. other times, yes. And uh, we still teach not as much because we are giving more time to the coaching business. And, and you know, and also we do speaking. And the thing that with this hearing thing, to put it in perspective, like I was worried and kind of scared to teach workshops that was not just dancing because in dancing I move and I have to give a few instructions but you don't talk as much but when you teach about other things where you have to talk and you have to listen back I was worried about not hearing someone so it was kind of funny because in one workshop that we did that lasted for a week when I had to teach the first time, I told the the, the students, the, the participants, you know, I don't hear well. So if you want to make a question, you raise your hand. You don't talk. You raise your hand. Yes. You know? And I said that before talking, you raise your hand because if you start talking, I will probably ignore you. Yes. And then the funny thing is everybody thought I was saying that for fun, you know, that oh. I wasn't really deaf. That oh, it was no. a joke. Yeah. But it was it was hilarious because I thought, okay, that sounds great because it means that even saying it that way, people yes. people will not treat me like um, you know, uh, that I don't hear. So, you know, so it was funny because and I really meant it. Like I would ignore you because I know I will ignore you and I won't do it on purpose. But so I, you know, I thought, okay, so I found a way to make it funny. You know, and to make it work for me, because I, I know that I didn't want to miss any questions or any comments that people will say. And sometimes people will say funny sentences and I will not get them. <laughs> you know, I will not be able to, like, answer back or participate. And I have to accept that that's OK. You know, it's OK not to be able to answer the right thing all the time. It's OK. And I think we can extrapolate that even if you don't have hearing loss or any loss of any member or anything, you know, because people with all members, with everything functioning well, have the same fear. So, you know, I think we just have to get more uh, compassion to ourselves, whatever the situation we're in, and just find ways to make it work for us so we, we can go forward and give the best of us to the world. You know, and for me, what you're doing is truly amazing. You know, I'm, I'm really amazed by your 
you know, your liveliness and your humor and your goingness and you know, it's it's really an honor to be here in your podcast. Oh, well, Christina, thank you so much. And I'll be honest, just, you know, talking with you today and 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 the more that our conversation has gone on and stuff, and I and I sat there and I was just sitting here thinking as you were talking, I thought I could talk with Christina all day because I just love the wisdom. I keep using the word wisdom because I literally sit there and think, I'm like, the wisdom that you speak is so true. It is so, it's so relatable to, to myself and to, I feel like probably anybody listening today. And I love it. I absolutely love it. I, I love your, like you said, your entire outlook on life and how you handle yourself is is very admirable. Thank you. Thank you so much. Likewise. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, awesome. We will just say, Christina, me and you, we're just awesome together. How about that? Is that what? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, awesome. Well, Christina, for anybody who who is interested, are you on social media or anything like that if they want to follow you or anything like that? Yeah, I, you know, I'm not a super, you know, influencer or anything like that, um, but I am, I have my website. It's in Spanish, tuitumente.com, but I am in social media. If you look for C. Puyol Jensen, so that's C-P-U-J-O-L-J-E-N-S-E-N, most, in most Facebook, Instagram things, you can find me. And, uh, and I have a podcast where you, I hope, are going to be my guest. Actually, we're going to record this week, so I'm really excited, too. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, so I'm, I'm in, in the podcast world also. Yeah, well, I'm super excited, and I just thought when you, you talked about your website being in Spanish, the podcast isn't in Spanish, is it? Because No, it's bilingual. I had a huge debate about this, so because people tell you, you know, focus and find your niche and all these things, and yes. but I grew up, in a household where we spoke several languages and I couldn't decide, okay, do I do everything in Spanish? Do I do everything in English? And then I'm like, well, I didn't grow up like this and the world isn't going into one language direction. So I'm going to make it bilingual. And so by bilingual, what I did and decided to do is I have one week an episode in Spanish and then the next week is an episode in English. And they have nothing to do with each other. Like the episodes is not a translation or anything like that. And I'm not translating anything. So the only, you know, the people that speak only Spanish, they get an episode every 15 days. And the people that speak only English, they get an episode every 15 days. And those who are bilingual, they get an episode every week. And that's how I decided to do it. So, so I do the episodes fully in English and then the other week fully in Spanish. And that's how I'm... I'm doing it for now. We'll see where that takes yeah, no, me. Yeah. I, I absolutely love that. I think it's super cool. And I will say that I hope I am coming in on one of the weeks where it's all English because I think my <laughs> yeah. two years of uh, Spanish in high school are a little bit rusty at this point. And so <laughs> so besides for, for telling you like uno, dos, tres, I, I don't know that we I do very well. So. <laughs> <laughs> We can do English, don't worry. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Sounds good. Well, perfect. Well, well, listen, Christina, thank you again so much for, for coming on the podcast, for getting to to share a little little piece of your, your story with my audience. And I can say with 
with absolute certainty that I'm sure anybody listening today will be able to take something away from, from what you have said, what you have shared that can relate back to their life. So thank you, Christina. And for you who is listening today, I truly hope that you did indeed take something away from my conversation with Christina today that can positively impact your life and and just maybe make tomorrow a little bit better than today. Great. And that's the lowdown with Kevin Lowe. I hope today's episode inspired you, motivated you, and excited you to get out and enjoy life, no matter what obstacles may be standing in the way. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.